0: Welcome to episode number 67 of the History for Weirdos podcast.
1: As always, we are very happy to be back with a new episode for you all. Um, This week is going to be my week.
0: It's your week, yes. And before we get into it, though, it's actually Stephanie's birthday in a few days. In In 10 days. In 10 days, yeah. Or I
1: guess... Depending on when you're listening to this, it's yeah, not 10 days. Yeah, it's
0: December 14th. And <laughs> we already started celebrating this past weekend. We went out with friends and had a lovely time. And we actually asked you guys for pieces of advice for Stephanie entering her 30s.
1: Yes, that's why we started celebrating a bit early. It's a big birthday. Um... I'm turning 30 on December 14th.
0: Yes. And I actually just want to share with you guys a few pieces of advice that you shared with us.
1: I'm so excited.
0: Yes. It's, and these are actually, all of these are really good pieces okay. of advice. I was like, wow, I'm actually, I was really impressed. I'm like, I'm going to use this for yes,
1: me. Yes. We want to share the weirdo wisdom.
0: <laughs> yes. So, and I'm, I'm going to omit everyone's names, but if you want to go, you can always follow us on Instagram and see the post too. Exactly. Shameless yeah. plug. And so, and without further ado, here we go. Um, the first piece of advice is from this person's mom who told her that the wisest people in life are the ones who have a teachable heart and are more ready to listen than to speak.
1: Mm, that's that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. It I It is. Think- Even as a therapist, I'm guilty of this. I think a lot of us could do more listening than we do talking. I
0: was going to say that's funny because, like, you're a therapist. You do a lot of listening.
1: I do a lot of listening. (laughs) Yes.
0: So another piece of advice, this is relationship advice. Every day is a new decision to love your partner. Love is a choice you need to make daily in every circumstance.
1: Aw, that one's so sweet. That one's so
0: sappy, and, of course, it's my favorite one. Of
1: course. I love that. <laughs> and that's a sweet piece of advice to give because it is. we have, obviously, what's one of the things that's unique about this podcast is that we're married. Yes. This I is ma- true. Imagine if people listening didn't know that. I imagine
0: you're like <laughs> wait, yeah, 67 episodes in and you're like, wait, wait a minute, married. they're married? <laughs> I just thought they had amazing chemistry. <laughs> okay. This next person's grandmother told him or her, I actually can't tell by the screen name, Uh, To enjoy every moment in life, because when you are older, you will spend the rest of your life wishing you were where you are right now, young, healthy, and surrounded by family and friends.
1: Young, healthy, and surrounded by family and friends. I love it. That's
0: beautiful. And then also, I think one last one um, is always make sure that you have me time.
1: Oh, hell yeah. You know what?
0: Buy that slightly too expensive bath bomb and eat that ice cream in the bathtub. And get massages every once in a while because they're amazing.
1: Yes. I love this one. <laughs> yeah. The hedonist in me loves this. Ice cream, massages, baths. Heck yeah.
0: Exactly. So th- there's there's more, but I just wanted to share just a few that like really caught my eye.
1: I loved that. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you, everyone who commented. You can still go and comment on that post. It's just a picture of us before we went out with friends. To share your words of wisdom because I am really taking this all to heart. This is definitely a season of reflection for me. So I really yeah. appreciate it.
0: I know, you're taking it very seriously. Yes. So without further ado, Stephanie, I believe it is your turn this week.
1: Oh, yeah. I got to talk now. <laughs> okay.
0: Got to talk even more.
1: So this week's episode is unique, even amongst weirdo stuff. And I don't know why I didn't think of a better introduction prior to this, prior <laughs> to when I started talking. But, you know what? Let me tell you about a little place called Nuremberg.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, Nuremberg, in case you didn't know, is the second largest city in the German state of Bavaria.
0: Ah, Bavaria.
1: The first is Munich. Yeah. And it's home to lots of places of higher education. That includes the University of Erlangen, Nuremberg, and um, this really beautiful castle, Nuremberg Castle which is one of Europe's tallest castles. I
0: actually did not know that.
1: But the reason this city may ring a bell for many of us is likely related to modern historical events. And guess what? They have nothing to do with today's episode, but I'm going to (laughs) share with you anyway, just in case you're wondering, like, why is this city ringing a bell in my ear, right? Nuremberg held great significance during the Nazi Germany era, because of the city's relevance to the Holy Roman Empire mm-hmm. and its position in the center of Germany, like its geographical right. position, the Nazi Party chose this city to be the site of huge conventions known as the Nuremberg Rallies.
0: Yeah, I remember. There's really famous pictures.
1: Exactly, yeah. Then, what most of us probably remember is, or not remember, but have learned.
0: I was there. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) No, never. Nope. Nope. Moving on.
1: Between 1945 and 1946, German officials involved in war crimes against humanity were brought before an international tribunal in Nuremberg. Yes. Known as the Nuremberg Trials. This is not the topic of today's episode. I really just wanted to get this out of the way in case you were wondering.
0: Like, why? Why?
1: So, the Soviet Union, this is just a really interesting fact, I think. Uh, Had wanted these trials to actually take place in Berlin, but Mm. Nuremberg was specifically chosen as the site for these trials for several reasons, including its history with the Nazi rallies. Right. And the history of the Nazi rallies was decided because of the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, which I just think is so interesting
0: because, like, I think the Nazis they called themselves the Third Reich, or like mm-hmm. kind of like the Third like dynasty, exactly. Almost. And then the Second Dynasty, I, I believe, was the Holy Roman Empire.
1: Exactly, and I just think it's interesting to see how these these places almost become these focal points for big historical events. Yeah, I don't know how else to explain it, and I think this history is or. This, yeah, this history is really interesting to consider when you think of today's very weird episode. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you just a teensy bit more about Nuremberg at closer to the time that we're going to be looking at.
0: Nice. So no more Nazis?
1: No more Nazis. Good. Yeah, that's always good.
0: Yeah.
1: Nuremberg.
0: I don't like those guys very much. <laughs> very oh, controversial th- stance.
1: <laughs> thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, th- so the first documented mention of this city that we have is actually from 1050 and the castle itself was built in 1027 to 1125
0: wow and as
1: yeah i know as i briefly mentioned um this site was really important to the holy roman empire and many holy roman emperors would stay in this castle
0: oh that's very cool
1: yeah it's really cool so as we can see the city has had a long and fascinating history and today we're going to focus on a really bizarre blip in that history. Keep in mind that many historians and just like armchair historians today still argue about what really happened.
0: Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm already liking this.
1: We're going to focus on the reported events of April 14th,
0: 1561. Oh, that's pretty Okay, never mind. I'm going to hold I'm going to withhold okay. comments right now.
1: Put a pin in it. Tell me if it comes up again. We'll do. On this day, quote, many men and women reportedly witnessed an aerial battle, quote, out of the sun, followed by the apparition of a large black triangular object. Then spheres and different, like cylindrical shaped things, fell from the sky and onto the earth in giant clouds of smoke. According to our primary source, which I'll get into in just a bit, Witnesses observed hundreds of spheres, cylinders, and other odd-shaped objects moving erratically overhead in the sky. This is the supposed mass sighting of celestial phenomena, a.k.a. unidentified flying objects, UFOs, which occurred above Nuremberg, which was then a a free city in the Holy Roman Empire. And then fun...
0: (laughs) I, I, I... I... I'm, that's like about how eloquent I can get right now. It's just ah. Oh, 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 oh.
1: That is how weird this episode this is. This is
0: really weird. Yeah.
1: Fun fact, um, by the U.S. government at least, mm-hmm. they're no longer called UFOs. They're now called UAPs. Yeah. Unexplained aerial phenomena.
0: That one's I guess more like all-encompassing, but it's also it's also very like strange. Like I feel like that was more of like a PR move.
1: It was totally a PR move. I think because there's a lot of stigma. Associated with people who've claimed to see UFOs, but UFOs literally just means like an unidentified flying object. Right.
0: Like it's not like if you were to say, oh yeah, I saw a UFO, that doesn't mean you're crazy. At, yeah, like you just said, like it's you just like something.
1: a thing. I could not identify it and it was flying.
0: Right, exactly. And I mean, thousands of people have witnessed UFOs throughout history.
1: And we're going to get into this. Ooh,
0: very nice. I love it already. Yeah. UFOs history. <laughs>
1: so this strange account was recorded on a broadsheet which is an early kind of newspaper, but it would have been carved into wood um, and I guess Mm. like posted up for people to read by a reporter, so to speak, named Hans Wolf Glaser, who published the broadsheet for over 30 years until his death in 1573. You can find the full translation of this report online. But I'm just going to read a chunk of the very beginning, and then we can discuss some of the descriptions that it says. So in the morning of April 14th, 1561, at daybreak, between 4 and 5 a.m., a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun. And then this was seen in Nuremberg in the city, before the gates and in the country, by many men and women. At first there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood red semicircular arcs just like the moon in its last quarter and in the sun above and below and on both sides the color was blood there stood a round ball of partially dull partially black ferrous color likewise there stood on both sides and as a torus above the sun such blood red ones and other balls in large number about 3 in a line 4 in a square and some alone. Andrew, what does this sound like to you? Like, what does anything stand out from the descriptions?
0: It's really interesting. Um, from that one unexplained phenomena or unexplained mysteries, there is mm-hmm. that one episode of unsolved like mysteries. Like unsolved show? mysteries, yeah, the other show on Netflix. Um, there is that one episode where it, it was, in, I think, Michigan in the '90s, yeah. And there, and the way he's describing it is very similar to the way. That guy described it like yeah. I mean, centuries apart, literally.
1: I think that was it's so, so interesting. Is that I,
0: what you're going for?
1: Uh, no, I'm not going for anything. I oh. just wanted to know what you were thinking. Oh,
0: yeah, that's definitely something. But m- The most like plausible answer, right, is some sort of like weird solar flare. Right. Yeah. Like that's, totally. you know, and obviously like they didn't under I don't even think they understood what solar flares were back then. So like explaining that to them would have, like you know but you're also also on the cusp of like the age of discovery, the age of like yeah. enlightenment. So, you know, they're they're more questioning of things instead of just being like, "Oh, it's a celestial body." Right. You know, like, "Oh, it's like angels or whatever," right? So, they'll be questioning things more, especially like in Germany, like that's a lot of like thought um leadership is going on there. So, I guess that all of that is to say that I have no idea, yeah. but there it could really be like a, a few different things. I
1: that thank you for sharing all those thoughts
0: <laughs> you're so welcome
1: yeah no i think that's so i just think it's so interesting and i like i said you can read the full um translation and there's other accounts more of like the flying cylinders and different shapes i just wanted to read the beginning and historians have long tried to understand obviously what actually happened in the sky a key question to consider though is is like is this embellished right is this dude Is his job to like write interesting stories is he Mm -hmm. embellishing
0: yeah is he like writing like tabloid journalism
1: yep basically um (laughs) medieval tabloid (laughs) journalism i love it
0: (laughs) that actually is such a vibe
1: that's such a vibe i agree um this wasn't in the excerpt that i read but as you read the text you'll Mm -hmm. see that there's lots of christian influence in his report um he he says things like signs on the heaven which are sent to us by the almighty God to bring us repentance.
0: Okay, that's definitely a little like leading the witness or, you know, or <laughs> leading the readers.
1: <laughs> yes, this has led some to believe that a rare celestial phenomenon, um, such as a sun dog, may have actually been blown out of proportion by Hans Glaser and used as a form of like religious agenda, religious proclamations, propaganda, is it? Right. A- anyway. What is a sun dog?
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask well, what the heck is a sun dog.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. A sun dog, also known as a mock sun, is an atmospheric optical phenomenon that consists of a bright spot on one or both sides of the sun. Hmm. Two sun dogs often flank the sun within a 22 degree halo. Hmm. And this is caused actually by I think this is so interesting, by the refraction of sunlight By ice crystals in the atmosphere. Oh, wow. So, like, we're looking at the sun, the whole planet, or, you know, whatever angle it is, is looking at the sun through a giant crystal.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so so wild.
1: Um, Sun dogs typically appear as a pair of subtly colored patches of light, again, in that very specific 22 degree angle, Mm -hmm. both on the left and right side of the sun. Um, And it's most... Notable usually when the sun is near the horizon line. Mm. They can be seen anywhere in the world during any season, but are not always obvious or very bright. Sundogs are best seen and most conspicuous, again, when the sun is nearing the horizon line.
0: Right. But that's interesting. He said said it was like four to five in the morning.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's
0: really early.
1: That's a really good point. And they are really cool looking, the sundogs. Mm-hmm. You can obviously Google this on your own, but we'll be sure to post a photo. Um, and then I was like, why is it called a sun dog? I thought there was going to be a dog involved somewhere. Right.
0: Yeah. Is it?
1: So I looked up the etymology of the term sun dog, and it's also up for debate.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: But some think that it comes from the Scandinavian languages, Ooh. because in Norse mythology, they often reference this constellation of two wolves hunting the sun and the moon. One after and one before. Oh. So they think that's, it's referring to that when it says sun dog.
0: I don't know why I think that's so cute. But it, it makes
1: is. it so cute. That's yeah. why I wanted to include. Like wolfies. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't love wolves? I wanted to include that detail. So Andrew. Yes. I'm going to show you a picture of a sun, sun dog. Okay. And then I want you to tell me, just if you're in in your opinion, if you think the sun dog looks like the description. Okay. So here, let me Google sun dog. Sorry, guys, I didn't have it pulled up. I'm a terrible wow. showman. So
0: unprofessional.
1: <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> okay, this is a sun dog.
0: Oh wow! Okay, I've seen that before. I've seen it too. Yeah, I didn't know that had like a name.
1: That's, I also have kind ast- beautiful. I have an astigmatism, and I wear glasses, so I thought it was just me. But when I when I've seen this before, I thought it was just my astigmatism. So...
0: That doesn't. I have to say that doesn't that sort of describes it but it kind of doesn't though. Yeah. You know, like he also mentioned like the like the cylinders falling to the sky.
1: Yeah.
0: Like there was I think the Red Arcs maybe could like yeah. in this one like especially like maybe
1: It doesn't sound like what he's referencing to it, me.
0: It doesn't.
1: Except the Arcs, yeah. Except and that's it. I also don't see like the blood red
0: the blood red, none of these pictures have anything blood red.
1: Yeah. And it's, again, like you said, four or five in the morning. Um, so I think, I think no.
0: I don't think it's a sun dog. Yeah.
1: But who, who am I to know? I don't, there's no facts here. I was just curious as to what you thought because right. my I felt biased and thinking like, that's not what that looks like. So let me tell you the weirdest part of this story.
0: That's not even the weirdest part? No. Oh, I'm, I'm Okay.
1: Seatbelt
0: strapped. Let's go.
1: (laughs) The weirdest part is that this is not a totally isolated incident. Okay. Five years later, an almost identical sighting is made in the skies of the Swiss city of Basel.
0: Oh my God. No way.
1: Yeah. A pamphlet published in, you know, pamphlets used to be popping, right?
0: Dude, Martin Luther, man. He was from Germany. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Well, this is in... Uh, Switzerland now. Oh, yeah. But well, I mean, similar enough. <laughs> similar enough,
0: yeah. Central Europe.
1: <laughs> so this pamphlet is published in 1566, and it describes these unusual occurrences during sunrise and sunset. Um, and again, people are like, it's probably a sun dog. And I'll read you Yeah. what this says. I'm going to, I like, it's a really long, like, report in the pamphlet. Again, you can look it up. I just condensed it. Fair. Because it's already long, even the condensed version. So this is the writer. Um, Mm. I actually don't know the name of the person who wrote the pamphlet. But they said, in quote, It happened in 1566 three times, on 27 and 28 of July, and on August 7, against the sunrise and sunset. We saw strange shapes in the sky above Basel. On the 27th of July, after the sun had shone warm on the clear, bright skies... And then around 9 p.m. it suddenly took a different shape and color. First, the sun lost all its radiance and luster, and it was no bigger than the full moon. And finally, it seemed to weep tears of blood, and the air behind it went dark. At the dawn of August 7th, we saw a large black we saw large black spheres coming and going with great speed and precipitation before the sun and chattered as if they led a fight. Many of them were fiery and red and soon crumbled when extinguished.
0: Oh, wow. That does not sound like a sundog at all.
1: But to me neither. Yeah,
0: like not even a little bit.
1: Pretty interesting, right?
0: And again, like 9 p.m. It could, I mean, if it's the July. so it,
1: It's August, yeah. Or, or August. July, August. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, days are longer, so it could, you know, it is...
1: Nearing the horizon. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But still,
1: it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't
0: sound like it. Yeah.
1: I think maybe just the parts of like. It. Eh, no, I don't think any of it. <laughs> I'm rereading it and I'm like, wait a second.
0: I mean, again, the blood red. It the. the yeah. The co- the shade, or the the, the sun. Spheres. The spheres, like the sun, doesn't change color like yeah. during a sundog. It just. Takes in those like, extraordinary, like kind of like circular. It
1: just creates these big like
0: optical illusion.
1: Yeah, arches. Exactly. Yeah, so it's really interesting to me. I don't think that sounds like a sundog. What I'm really interested to hear what the weirdos think. Yeah. So I'm gonna put give us some context of the time. I think it is important to contextualize that in these times, you know, medieval times, people are not having a good time. Yeah. Right the average person is living a very hard life. Yeah. And so, kind of like you alluded to earlier, a lot of these, like, broadsheets, pamphlets, and newspapers were for entertainment.
0: Mm. So they
1: were prone to sensationalism. Right. Because that's what people wanted to read. Um, we should also remember that many people didn't usually explore the world outside of probably the town they were born in. Right. And they didn't have in general, a big understanding of natural phenomena like you talked about. This is the time where they're starting to be like, wait, yeah, what could cause this? Exactly. And I think it's also interesting to note that similar apparitions of fights between these, like, shapes in the skies are frequently reported during the Thirty Years' War. From 1618 to 1648.
0: That is strange. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And it's all within this central European area, too. Like,
0: then, like, roughly like a hundred year span.
1: Yes. That all of a sudden, there's all these shapes flying, going really fast, blowing each other up.
0: Yeah. It sounds like an aerial battle. Obviously, there's humanity had not invented airplanes at this time. So,
1: yeah. What do you think, babe? Do you think these were natural phenomena? Do you think something else was happening? Even if it's not, like, extraterrestrial stuff. Right. Do you think it's something other than just weather and uh, ice crystals, basically?
0: So, I'll get to that in a second. I just... I think the thing that I think is really interesting and in that this is, like... This is right around the time where I think literacy is starting to explode. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. of, like, the Gutenberg press and everything like that. So, you have, I think, this need... like. It, like, basically what I'm trying to say is, like, the journalistic integrity of these mm. folks is definitely in question. Like, I you agree. kind of alluded to that. And I definitely want to, like, make that very clear. Like, I, it's hard for me to trust what they're saying is true, right? They're very much so an unreliable narrator.
1: That's a really good thing to remember is, like, this is the first time that people are, like, being able to write down stuff and then have that spread
0: yeah, to like
1: the mass public
0: exactly. So
1: of course you're gonna write crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, like there's no sort of like standards yeah. for like being you know. The you could just
1: make stuff up and put it on a broadsheet. People would be like, why not?
0: Yeah, they're like, watch me. This <laughs> is like
1: the second broadsheet we've ever read. What are you talking yeah, about? I
0: mean, shoot, we have like like journalists now even like just yes. putting putting out like whatever they want. So let alone back then, they probably really could do it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Especially, I doubt like there was any accountability
1: right no one would get in trouble for right. unless writing just... an entertaining story
0: exactly unless like that entertaining story makes like your local lore look bad then yeah
1: okay but what would be the point of making up seeing fights in the sky
0: yeah that's it it's to me the thing that's interesting is like okay so two different reports separated yeah. by like what like five years-hmm but roughly the same area I that's that's the thing, like, it's, it's like, a, it could be a coincidence, right? hmm But then at the same time, it very well could be that, like, they did see something similar. And they just couldn't describe adequately what they did see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, I, I'm trying to see this from, like, all angles. But, like, I mean, it is very strange, though, that they, again... And I can't get over the fact that they said something very similar. Like, they mentioned the blood red. Yeah. And they mentioned, like, basically aerial battles before there were aerial battles. Right.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's not like in modern history where we have seen aerial battles, even just the existence of planes where we would start to think, like, oh, extraterrestrial beings are going to come and have battles in the sky. They didn't even have that baseline knowledge of, like, obviously one day we're going to be able to fly.
0: Yeah, Why exactly. Why would other
1: creatures be able to fly?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: <laughs> It's a weird one. It's a
0: weird one, I honestly, like I'm struggling to find something because I really just don't know. I mm-hmm. That's I really okay. don't know. I I mean, it very well could be like the only thing that could be besides like extraterrestrial or anything like that, the only thing that could be like plausible is like like meteor showers.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things falling to the sky, Yeah, shapes. Exactly. That's a really good one. I I think that's a really really good guess, actually. Yeah. So weirdos.
0: But I wanted to be aliens. Oh, you interrupted me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> so weirdos, what do you think? Was Nuremberg celestial phenomenon a UFO sighting or a natural occurrence in the sky? You can definitely let us know in the comments of the Instagram post. this episode because we would love to hear or if you've heard any other additional information we would love 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 to discuss more
0: right and if there's any like astrophysicists in here that like know anything let us know
1: please or
0: astronomers whatever
1: exactly so my sources for this week's episode are wikipedia amusingplanet.com an article by kaushik padori publicdomainreview.org and britannica.com
0: oh very nice oh I also remember the thing I was going to say earlier, which was, I wonder if this is roughly around the same time as the dancing plague of an early episode of ours.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a weird time.
0: It's a weird time. And also that happened, I think, somewhere in like Central Europe as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting.
0: Very interesting. Wow, Steph, that was really crazy. Even by history for weirdo standards, that was a weird episode.
1: Thank you. I'm really proud.
0: And of course I mean that in the best way possible.
1: It's always in the best way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, weirdos, if you haven't done so already, make sure to go follow us on Instagram. You can check out all the latest news regarding the show and see posts about the episode. Exactly. And of course, if you haven't done so already, make sure to review and subscribe to us either on Spotify or Apple podcasts as that helps the show grow and you can spread the weirdness to other fellow weirdos.
1: Exactly. Please help us to continue to grow. You all have made this community so amazing. So thank you. Let's keep it up.
0: Exactly. Well, until next time, weirdos. Until
1: next time. Adios. to introduce you reading the things like you say like welcome back oh fuck it already started (laughs) (laughs) welcome back weirdos uh we're yeah no we have to start over that was too confusing